Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Washington fans? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast. This is the preview show looking forward to the matchup between Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. This podcast is brought to you by 500 Level, who specializes in officially licensed t-shirts to help you rep your favorite teams and players. You can get your shirt from 500 Level and use our code BNP20 to save 20% off your shirt. Brian, I'm jealous of your Chase Young one. I went ahead and ordered one today. Nice. He's been balling out. We've been seeing all these videos with Chase Young. So I was like, gosh, I need one. I got a Terry shirt. I got to represent the defense. But as always, I'm your host, Josh Taylor. And that's Brian Murphy over there in Hotlanta, representing the Washington football team. Brian, how's it going? How are you feeling about this game? Man, I'm nervous. I, I really hope that this is not the last podcast we do. It would be so awesome to do a, a playoff pod. But um, I'm feeling I'm feeling. Yeah, nervous, I think, is the word. I'm unsure of how this is going to turn out. I really thought that they would have a better effort against Carolina, and I'm just nervous that that will carry over to uh, Week 17. But this is it. I mean, this basically is the playoffs, and we're talking about playoffs, but this you, know, you have to win to keep going. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm excited for the team, though. They, they deserve to be in this position. They fought hard, and so we'll see what happens, but I'm just a little uneasy about it all. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about this game. I want to be like overly confident, but then I've learned my lesson with like Carolina and Seattle, some of these other games like, Oh, I think we have a shot. And then we're just like, Oh, like playoffs on the line. Like this is it. Like you lose, you go home. Season's over. You're looking forward to 2021 or we're doing draft pods from here on out. Like I'm with you. I want to start talking about the playoffs. I want to be there. I don't care if we lose the first round. I just want to say we won the NFC East. Exactly. I was, I was talking about it at work. Uh, one of my managers is a Seattle fan. They were talking about like getting gear, and another guy's like a Buffalo Bills fan. I'm like, if we win the NFC East, I'm getting like eight shirts, maybe a tattoo. Like, <laughs> That'd this, be awesome, this is man. big for us. Like, this doesn't just happen often. And we never would have thought we'd even be in a position to do it this year. Ron Rivera's first year, I think it's not getting talked about enough. For sure, it should be considered coach of the year at least needs to be nominated i think that's pretty unanimous but looking forward to the matchup there's a couple things we have questions about so let's look at practice yesterday taylor heineke starting quarterback first team reps yesterday uh jp and the crew said that uh alex did more yesterday than he's done in the last week or two so that's optimistic and then obviously we'll talk about practice today um, but Ron Rivera said, regardless of how Alex Smith practices throughout the week, he feels comfortable starting him just straight off the gun. He's a vet. Like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows how to prepare for game day. Um, but tell us how practice was today compared to yesterday. Yeah, just kind of following along. It looks like Alex Smith was out there taking the first reps. Everybody's making a big deal about him stretching, which he hasn't done in a while. <laughs> so he was out there stretching yeah. with the team. So. Seems like positive stuff. I think, 
like they've kind of been saying, it depends on how it, it turns out the day after. If he's sore afterwards or, you know, the day after, that could change things. But it's looking like it's moving in the right direction. Uh, you and I were texting back and forth. I was seeing that Antonio Gibson wasn't out there, which made me super nervous. But then afterwards, Ron said he's given him as much uh, time off as he can just to keep that toe fresh. So uh, that was a little worrisome, but it sounds like that's okay. And it sounds like he'll be ready to go. Terry McLaurin was like limited, and I don't know about you, but I, I still feel like we're not going to see him on Sunday, or at least it'd be a long shot. So uh, the three big ones are are definitely. It seems to be trending in the right direction. I still I don't know for sure. Um, I hope that Gibson's good, and it's not Ron just saying that. And uh, McLaurin again, I don't think we're going to see him, but you know, knowing him, he'll he'll try to give it his all. So let's go down each one. Alex Smith. I'm confident enough to say 95% chance he starts Sunday night. What would you say? Yeah, I'd drop it a little bit lower than that because I think I feel like we've been here the last couple of weeks where it sounded okay. It sounded like he was trending in the right direction. And then I don't know whether it's a setback or just kind of feeling sore the next morning. didn't feel as, as great. So I'm, I'm going to drop it down to like an 80, 85% chance that he plays. But I do feel pretty good that he's out there. So if he doesn't. Let's just say, or he does have time, he goes in feeling stiff. He's like, guys, I can't do this. Then we have Taylor Heineke, who mm-hmm. did get first-team reps yesterday, like I said. That's good. Right. You definitely want that. Gets you more confidence in him if he does come in. How much of a difference, um, confidence-wise, do you have us winning with Alex in the game compared to Taylor Heineke in the game at quarterback? If Alex Smith is is a full go, I, I feel way more confident with him out there. That being said, if he's like not a hundred percent or as close to a hundred percent as he can get nowadays, I kind of feel a little more confident with Taylor Heineke. You know, I, I'd rather have a guy that can move around, that can uh, be a little more nimble than than Alex Smith. But that being said, there's something about Alex Smith that just stabilizes this offense. Uh, that gets the job done. And so, yeah, I feel way better if Alex Smith is healthy and ready to go. That being said, I, I, I still feel like this team has a shot if, if it ends up being Heineke. I think that he gives you enough, and I think he can give you a shot in the arm that maybe uh, some of these other quarterbacks haven't been able to do this season. So overall, I don't feel too bad, but I, I definitely would love to have Alex Smith out there as long as he's ready to go. If not, I really – I think you sit him, and I think you, you roll with Heineke. And maybe maybe Smith is available if it gets out of hand or something crazy happens, but I'd rather go with the healthiest guy. And if that's Alex and he's ready to go, then let's roll with him. Yeah, Alex Smith might be the better quarterback between the two, obviously. But if he's limiting himself and what he can do, especially mobility-wise, like what we saw against the Rams when he first came in, yeah, he was, was stiff. He wasn't right. ready. And it, he just had no mobility, like you said. And Heineke showed us that he could use his feet. He knew when to tuck it and go. He was averaging like eight yards a rush. Like, he just, he wasn't afraid either. He was like, okay, I can take it in and go right right here. And we need that. I, yeah, I think that's going to limit the offense if Alex is out there like that. And along those lines, Taylor Heineke, I think I saw Scott Turner say that he was proud or happy with how fast he got the ball out, his timing you know, like you were saying, when to tuck it and run and when to just let it fly. So there's absolutely something to be said about that. But um, 
you know, we, we've been saying it for three years now. What, whatever it is, Alex Smith might do it ugly, but he, he gets the job done. There's a reason he's got a winning record and everybody else doesn't. I mean, uh, you know, when it comes to starting quarterbacks for this team. So you're absolutely right. I mean, if he, he feels good to go, then I trust him. But if he's not, then I think you turn it over to the young guy and you, you, you let him try to have a day. Yeah, and Gibson played last week, looked phenomenal. Ron said he was so impressed by how he's come back from this turf toe. I'd say he came back early. I thought he'd be out like another week. Um, But looked great last week. Looks like he didn't miss a step. And then, like you said, set out the last two days. They said it was just rest. I'm perfectly fine with that. Let him rest up so he's at 100% for game day. I think he plays. I'm not really questioning it at all. What about you? Yeah, no, I I think he's good to go, especially hearing that from Ron. I was a little nervous that he wasn't out there at all, but it sounds like they're just letting him rest it up. He, you know, he's he's earned the benefit of the doubt. I know he's only a rookie, but it seems like he certainly is, uh, you know, the playmaker on this team. And as the offense goes, he goes and vice versa. So I think he's earned the time off and I think the team desperately needs him. And like you said, I was super impressed with him. I think he only had like, what, 60 something yards, but those were some solid yards and he, he looked, he looked the part. He caught a couple like, passes too. So yeah. 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 He looked the part again. And so, yeah, I think he's out there and I think he's a, he's a big factor in this game on Sunday. I agree. And I have to admit, I don't think we're going to see Terry again on Sunday. Um, high ankle sprain. It's something it takes a while to come back from. And I think they said he like injured it the worst against Seattle. Like when we saw him go down, and he came back up like that one last catch he had. So mm. that's not too much rest. Like you usually need like three or four weeks for that. Um, I'm okay. Like we saw what he, the offense looked like without him last week. And Heineke just threw it to anybody and everybody. He wasn't like, oh, that's not Terry. I'm not as confident in him. Obviously this offense is miles better with Terry McLaurin in the lineup. But I don't know. I feel like that's just too much of a risk, not only for the future, but if we do make the playoffs and you like have a setback with Terry, like you're you're not going to find much success in the playoffs without Terry McLaurin starting on your team. Yeah, I think you can roll against Carolina and against Philly without Terry, but whoever you end up playing in the playoffs, they're they're yeah, different. The they're going to be a different beast. Yeah, you'd yeah. love to have <laughs> Terry available for that if you get there. Um, there's something to be said about you know trying to give it your all and get into the playoffs but you know like you said you got to be thinking about the future and I definitely wouldn't want this to be something that uh, hinders him moving forward it's, it feels like there are guys that uh, you know are just really good players and then are always you know hobbled by something little and you don't want that to turn into it uh, something like that for Terry so yeah I'm with you make sure he's good to go um, I think I think obviously Washington wishes that the game went differently against Carolina, but I think that they would love to get the running game established to where they don't have to rely on some of these receivers. Cause you definitely don't want, you know, AGG and cam Sims being your only playmakers out there out wide, but yeah, that's how it is with T- Terry. That being said, I think that the, they have a chance to get the running game going to where you don't miss Terry as much. I mean, there's nothing to be, there's nobody that's going to compare to Terry McLaurin, don't get me wrong, but I think that they're going to try to game plan around that and hopefully, uh, like we saw a little bit earlier on, uh, get Gibson going, get you know whoever, Peyton Barber going, get J.D. McKissick going, and try to let that run game be the, uh, be the rhythm setter for this game. And then, you know, hopefully that opens up some, you know, makes, some easy, makes it easier on the younger receivers, you know what I mean? Instead of 
realizing that they're in obvious passing downs, maybe get them a little bit open because they're expecting the run. So, um, yeah, I, I don't expect to see Terry, and I I, uh, I just hope it doesn't linger. And, um, you know, God willing that they get through this and go to the playoffs, we'd love to have him out there. That would be huge. So uh, just thinking about the future a little bit with that guy. Yeah, it's something to be said with Heineke coming in down – in the game like he was Carolina running like eight nine minutes off the clock like before he came in so he's like he's in this halt where he's he's at a point where he has to make something happen he has to throw it deep you can't set up a run game and just milk more yeah. of the clock off and as we saw him run out of time at the end of the game so you got to establish that early really control the game I hate to say game manage the game but you really have to that's what Alabama did so well for so long. You had Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry. You just impose your will on the ground, and then your quarterback's job is as easy as it gets because the second level, third level is wide open for them, and they're just expecting you to run the ball down their throat. So if you get McKissick going with short passes in the run game and then Gibson's making some you know, 20-yard gashes, scoring a touchdown or two like he does, it sets up success for either Alex Smith or Heineke in the game. Exactly, and that's what Alex Smith has done to uh, to win all these games that he's won for, for Washington and probably most of his career. He's relied on the running game, taking what the defense has given them, and uh, you know held on to the football, and that's so key and so clutch, uh, and you're right. Um, and, and going back, that, that Carolina drive coming out at halftime, they took eight minutes off the clock. It ended in a fumble, but you're absolutely right. There's no shot to run the ball anymore at that point when half the third quarter is already gone before you touch the football and then you still have to score three times, you know, that, that throws everything off. And so I've, I think I saw some fans being like, well, why don't we run it more? Well, I mean, running is not going to get it done when you're down 20 to nothing. Yeah. I mean, I hate to break it to you. I mean, even 20 to three. So, uh, yeah, you got to hope that taking care of the football and staying ahead of the game uh, is going to allow the running game to get going and then allow either Heineke or Smith, like you're saying, the chance to hold on to the football, make smart decisions, and um, hopefully set this offense up for way better success than we saw against Carolina. Yeah, and that's one question I had that you mentioned earlier, actually looking at my notes, was how much do players and coaches push through injuries in a must-win game? It's literally the last game of the season. If you lose, you're done. Like, how much do you push when you're that close to the playoffs? Um, that's one question I was trying to ask Ron, because, like, Julie and them do these shows. I ask, like, every day. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like that's, that's something to take into account. Like, how much do the coaches have to rely on the players being like, hey, how do you really feel today? Like, I know you want to go, Alex, but, like, how do you really feel this morning? Like, what do you need, like, health-wise? So, I think... Uh, Injury-wise, I think we'll be okay. I think the only one we're really going to miss is Terry. Um, but everybody else is healthy. You know, We've had some people banged up throughout the season, Cole Holcomb, some linebackers, offensive linemen. I think we're good. But yeah. you know who's not good? Philly. Their uh, injury report's pretty lengthy, actually, um, coming out yesterday. And their two top receivers from the Dallas game was Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun, not Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Jackson, who we know. He only had one catch, but it was a heck of a catch for 80 yards and a touchdown. He is on the injury report. Quez Watkins, who I've literally never heard before. Yeah, that's literally what Deshaun does. Deshaun's always on the injury report. He's like, give me a 90-yard game and a touchdown, but I'm going to be out next week because of it. Um, But Quez Watkins, who I've never heard of before, was their number two receiver last week against Dallas. He's on the injury report. Um, 
But most importantly, Dallas Goddard, Derek Barnett, who caused us some problems earlier in the season. And obviously, number one, Fletcher Cox. And I've been watching Kime on Twitter talk about um, Fletcher Cox. And it seems like they're really hesitant on him. They're, they're saying he's day-to-day. But they say it really came down to like how much is it worth him playing like long-term-wise. Like When does it go from a football decision to a business decision? Like, look, don't push it. This is not what you need right now. Out of those key guys... Obviously, uh, Fletcher Cox is number one, but which other ones do you think can really help us out matchup-wise being out? Um, yeah, Fletcher Clo- uh, Cox is a, is a beast. Uh, I think J.P. Finley wrote about it. He has just like ridiculous numbers against Washington, too, so it would be nice to not have to face that. Um, I think the offensive line has played really well for Washington, but Fletcher Cox is a different animal, so it would be nice to not have to deal with that headache for sure. But the other one is Dallas Goddard, and I go back to week one. I think he had a touchdown. I think Ertz had a touchdown. It was that those dreaded tight ends that this team has always struggled as always, against. Which we've done better with this season, I'd say. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I would say going into the season and maybe early on in the season, they, they really struggled, and that was a nightmare uh, matchup for us. But it would still be nice. Uh, you know, I, w- I don't wish injury on anybody, but it would be nice not to deal with two solid tight ends. Um, like the Eagles have. Um, and then also going back, we didn't even mention, we mentioned a little bit uh, about the linebackers, like you said, but I think KPL is still limited. So it'd be nice to have him back out there, especially if Goddard is going to go. So that would be that would be the, the biggest one. Like you said, some of their weapons are really banged up. I mean, guys we haven't even heard of contributing in big ways. So um, those, were, those would be huge ones for this defense. Um, we'll see, though. Y- y- you're right. How much of it is this team wants to spoil a division title for their their rivals and how much of it is looking forward to next year and not putting themselves in a bad situation in a game that, you know, record-wise doesn't mean a whole lot to the Eagles, but it, it means a whole lot to these guys, I'm sure. But also, you know, staying healthy and, and thinking about their future careers means a whole lot too. So it will be interesting, especially from – but like you said, I mean, how much do the Eagles push past their injuries? I mean, if they're they tweak something, would they normally fight through it, or you know, are they going to hang it up and call it a call it a year? You know, we'll have to see. Yeah, and that's something you were talking about before we started recording, like people saying, "Oh, we're going to win this in a landslide because like Philly has nothing to play for." But you had a good stance on that that I agree with. What was your stance? Yeah, I just as much as that's true. I mean, the Eagles would benefit more by losing this game. They have the tie, which is already going to give them a better record than some of the teams in the top 10. But you think about an NFL roster especially. I mean, there are a couple different ways to look at this. But you look at an NFL roster, and you know, year to year, even the Chiefs who win the Super Bowl, they probably have 10 to 11, maybe even 15 new guys, right? I mean, some of these guys that are playing on Sunday for the Eagles, they're not guaranteed to come back next year for Philly. They're probably not even guaranteed to come back into the league next year. So you can't tell me that this game doesn't mean anything to them. It means a whole lot to those guys. It means a whole lot to Doug Peterson, who'd probably like to end on a high note with how up and down the season's been. It means a whole lot. I think you pointed out when we were talking beforehand, it means a whole lot to Jalen Hurts. Is he a legit starting quarterback? You know, you know how you go prove that you are? You put up a big game against one of the best defenses in the league in Washington. So I'm not going to buy into this 
uh, narrative that, you know, this game doesn't matter for the Eagles. Does it matter record-wise? No, but it means a whole lot to those 53-plus guys for the Eagles that are trying to compete for their next contract, that are trying to make the team for next year. And so I don't think that that's the case. Now, that being said, if Washington goes out there and puts up two quick touchdowns, I think you can break their will. I think you can punch them in the mouth to where they realize, you know what, this season is not going anywhere. Let's pack it up. Let's stay healthy and let's not uh, let this get out of hand. But I, I don't think going into this game that you're going to get the Eagles to just roll over and play dead for you. I just don't think that that's a thing, especially with professional athletes. Yeah, and they're saying like Doug Peterson might be on the hot seat. Carson Wentz, like you said, this this team is going to be rotating. It's not going to be the same team next year. And this is a team only a few years removed from the Super Bowl. Like, right. they, they won not too long ago. They still have guys on this team that don't want to lose. Like, nobody likes losing. Yeah. So, and, and to have that winning locker room, that winning mentality, like I said, winning a Super Bowl, you don't just roll over at the end of the season and be like, well, we suck this season. We're going to be a whole new year. Like, we're going to be rebuilding. Like, you want to go out with a fight. And like I said with Jalen Hurts, um, since he came in, first off, I'm probably the biggest Jalen Hurts fan in the Washington fan base. I'll go ahead and claim it. Oh, have, why is that? That's weird. Yeah, he's just a good guy. No, I have his Alabama jersey hanging up in my closet right now. Don't worry, I'm not going to wear it on Sunday, obviously. Um, but Hurts, he's an interesting guy um, because, you know, coming out of Texas, we always heard at Alabama, he's a great athlete, but is he this great quarterback? You know, he's in this room with Tua Tagovailoa and Mac Jones. They're saying, oh, he might be the worst quarterback between the three. And honestly, he might have been, but he was probably the better athlete between the three. You see videos of him deadlifting 600 pounds. Like, this dude's just an athletic freak. He's a weightlifter. But he still does need to work on his passing game. So he is susceptible to turning the ball over. Um, We kind of saw that last week. I think he had two interceptions. But... Under pressure, he just, it seems like his passing game goes down even more. I saw on Twitter today, there was a PFF stat, that he has a 62.6 passer rating under pressure, or 62.2 passer rating, sorry, which is 35th in the league among quarterbacks. Not the best. Yeah. But when he does get pressure, that's when he likes to take off, use his feet. And he's not the fastest guy, but he can be one of the more elusive guys. The last three games... He's had 69 rushing yards, 63 rushing yards, and then last week in 100. I mean, against the Saints, he had 106. And right off that, I mean, I'm thinking back to a couple weeks ago playing Russ. Russ had the longest rush for the Seahawks all season. <laughs> yeah. We saw what Kyler Murray was able to yep. do with his legs. I think he had two rushing touchdowns against Washington. And then obviously Lamar Jackson had like a 50-yard run, if I remember correctly. So they're definitely susceptible to that to that quarterback taking off. And like you said, if they're going to blitz, they better get home or at least force a, an erratic throw because if he gets out, he is super, super dangerous, as we've seen for years back at his Alabama days and, and now in the league. Yeah, and he's not the same kind of running quarterback as Kyler or Russ. Like, don't think we're saying that. No. But no, he's no. still lethal on his feet. I mean, like you said, back at Alabama, he beat Georgia on his feet. Like he scored two rushing touchdowns. Like that's just what he does. He he knows when to use it when he has to. He's not afraid to get out of the pocket. Um, but he does have three interceptions. So he's been sacked twelve times, which is kind of a lot um, with yeah. only playing like three to half games. So I mean, yeah, what is that? That averages out to about four a game. So 
he definitely is susceptible uh, to, to being brought down and to making some bad plays. And you got to think Washington's kind of licking their chops seeing those stats and knowing that about him. I just think matchup-wise, our defense lines up with their offense really well. Um, you know, can we give up a big player too? Yes, that's kind of what we do uh, from time to time. If Deshaun Jackson plays... He is inevitably going to get like a 90-yard bomb and score on his first drive of the game just to get it out of the way and then leave because of a toe cramp or something. So right. if, if he plays, just go ahead and put it in your mind that it's going to happen. But someone else um, that's really been interesting this year is Miles Sanders. He has had a pretty solid year. He missed three games this year, and he still has 867 yards and six touchdowns. He didn't play in our first matchup, so he hasn't seen our defense yet. But honestly, like I'm not worried about it. Our front line and our run game has been spectacular all season. And outside of Sanders, they don't really have anybody but Jalen Hurts. I'm more worried about Jalen Hurts' feet than I am Sanders' feet. Is that fair to say or no? No, I think that that's absolutely uh, fair. I think that this, as much as Washington has kind of gotten gashed at, from time to time in the the running game, I'm just not super scared of Miles Sanders. He hasn't really been the same you know, I, I'm thinking in terms of fantasy, he was kind of like a sexy pick, and he definitely hasn't showed that this year, you know, when he's been healthy. So, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts on the ground is a little bit uh, scarier. I'm even, you know, I feel like Boston Scott, this is the kind of game where he could have a, a touchdown or two. So, yeah, I'm not super worried about Miles Sanders uh, just because I feel like he just, I don't know, hasn't found that rhythm and, like you said, has been banged up. So, That'll be interesting to see. One thing I think I mentioned, you know, in our uh, recap, kind of talking real quick about the Eagles was their second half scoring. And I was thinking about, you know, Doug Peterson really is, I feel like he's good at drawing up a, a good start to the game. So I think that's why we could absolutely see Deshaun Jackson with a bomb and have it be like, oh, God, here we go again, right? Yeah. But I was just looking, and they are towards the bottom of the league in second half scoring. They average 11.3 points per game in the second half which is not too far off of Washington who who we know is a second half team scores 13.1 but that puts them down at 23rd but in their last three games they've only averaged 4.3 points in the second half so that bodes well for Washington being a second half team and Doug Peterson and the Eagles not making adjustments so you got to think if Washington can find a way to to be within seven to maybe even holy cow, take a lead into halftime, that they could put this game away and, and like we were saying earlier, maybe break the will of this Eagles team and maybe have them thinking about uh, next season. So that would be an ideal situation, but we know that Washington is the only team to not score on their opening <laughs> drive. So you never know what you're going to get, but you hope that they're motivated enough to get out to a hot start because this Philadelphia team seems to roll over and uh, kind of die in the second half, which you would love to have uh, as you're trying to win a division. That might be the best news for us because, once again, last week we held the Panthers scoreless in the second half. Um, they had a few like big plays, but they just couldn't get anything from it, even with the eight-minute drive, like you said. So our defense, I just like the way it matches up. Uh, Jalen Rager, he's been a disappointment this season. They should have got Justin Jefferson. They're kind of regretting that. Um, so it just seems like outside of uh, Watkins and Deshaun, and then obviously they have Goddard, and Ertz, it's just like there's not too much going for him on offense. It's been Jalen Hurts making these few plays on his feet, 
throwing a deep ball here or there to Deshaun Jackson. And it's just like, I don't know, I just feel like our defense matches up well with their offense. Um, and then if Derek Barnett's out, that's good for us because he killed us the first game. But yeah, first game, eight sacks, the most we've had all season. You've got to take that into consideration. We just said how many times uh, Jalen Hurts has been sacked so far since he came into the game. To me, that's got to be the biggest thing to watch. If you had to pick an over-under, I'll say four and a half sacks, are you going over-under that? Honestly, the number that jumped out to me was five. I was really going to say five. That's why I said four and a half. So I I would love to – I would go over. Um, The thing that does make me nervous is – I think that they can rattle Jalen, or not nervous, but I think they're going to rattle Jalen Hurts, and maybe instead of throwing, you know, being sacked, he gets away uh, a little bit. So that would be the only thing that would make me hesitant to to be real confident in that pick. But I do think that they're going to come after him. I think they're going to, uh, I think they're going to try to remind him that he's a rookie and make them that him beat them. So, um, like you were saying, the offense recently has been all him with a. Uh, some of his incredible plays and just willingness to 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 get the win so I think Washington's gonna make him beat them and and force him to to really be a quarterback Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they do kind of spy him a little bit and just throw a bunch of different stuff at him to make him uh, you know a little confused and hopefully turn it over like we've seen that he's prone to do so hopefully over uh, four and a half sacks but at the very least hopefully they're rattling him and that he just doesn't get set and has happy feet all game long and he's just a winner. Like he's just one of those guys who's just a natural born baller. And like I think what's really gonna win him the job in Philly, not only that, but people just gravitate towards him. He's yep. such a positive guy. Like if you he's he's impossible to not root for. Like even when he went to Oklahoma, I was like, I pray this dude just balls out, wins a Heisman, like just goes on to flourish in the NFL because he's such a good guy. But he just knows how to win. I think before he came into the NFL, he's only lost like two games ever in like his football career. Like it's something insane. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So he just he finds a way to win. It's like, do I feel comfortable against Philly? Slightly. I feel good about the matchup, but in the back of my head, like we're still Washington, still the playoffs are on the line, and I know what kind of guy Jalen Hurts is. I know what to expect out of him. I'd feel much better if it was Carson Wentz. To be honest with you, don't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because he. Uh, like we saw in the week one matchup, he was a sitting duck and I think he was slowly becoming that more and more. I just, whatever it is, his confidence. We or, crushed once. Like we, yeah. we were responsible for that. I, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think they showed the blueprint. You just bring everything at him and eventually he's going to crack and throw you a couple of picks. And he did that. So yeah, I would much rather be facing Wentz. Uh, he's, I don't think he's fully healthy and I don't think that, uh, uh, he's the same guy that he was a couple of years ago, but Jalen Hurts is fresh. Like you said, he's a winner. He gets the job done. Uh, when you were saying that, it kind of makes me think of Alex Smith. It's maybe not always the prettiest, and maybe uh, you know you can't put your finger on why he's so good. He just gets the job done, and that's Jalen Hurts back in college. And we've already seen that, uh, you know, a little bit in the NFL, especially with the the win against the Saints. I don't think anybody predicted that with how much the Saints were rolling. And then for him to come out there and just completely halt that and and get the dub. So yeah, he he's impressive and he makes me super nervous. If they were going into this with Carson Wentz and we mentioned all their injuries, I would think that Washington would win easily. I think it'd be a re, uh, a replay of the second half of of Week One where it's just all Washington, but with Jalen Hurts, he's that kind of like 
question mark yeah. mystery type thing that you, you got to look out for. That's for sure. All right, Brian. Headlines. We got to do it. And I'll even put in a score. I'll give it because I have a, a score. I just my gut feeling telling me it's right. I'll start with you. What's your headline? What's your score? Sunday night football, prime time. Uh, I think this this team this team deserves to go to the playoffs with all they've had to deal with. I think they find a way to do it. I don't know that it's pretty, um, but I think that it's similar to how they've played all season long, where it looks really questionable in the first half, and then the second half they come out and and put up uh, maybe not put up a number, but they 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 get it done in the second half. Um, I was just looking really quick. I think four times they've shut out the opponent in the second half. I think that's right, three or four maybe. Um, I think that they do something similar to that. They win. I'm going to say they win by at least ten. Um, I think that they they confuse, they frustrate Hurts, and I think they get the Eagles to quit by uh, by by early third quarter. I agree. I think the key thing is going into halftime, making sure you're not down. 10 or 14 like we're used to being no. i just think this defense is going to be too much for hurts um and i don't like i said i don't think sanders is going to be a factor at all i'm going to have five sacks by the defense and a kindle fuller interception in the okay. second half third quarter i'll be exact okay third quarter second half remember this you, moment. you've been pretty solid on these like kind of like i just i have these visions in my sleep all right these I, washington defensive visions What's the score you were leaning on? I, what is that? So, in my head, it was 27-17 Washington. Like week one. I'll take yep. it. It was I, Maybe that's why I was in my head. Maybe I was just thinking about the first matchup. But I feel like at halftime, it'll be pretty low scoring. Um, but I think second half, like you said, we get it going. Whether it's Alex Smith or Taylor Heineke, I think we win. We win the NFC East. One thing we have to talk about before we go. Actually, two things. The whole no hat clause. I was going to say, so they're, they're wearing a hat at the end of that game. Like, what is that? I've never even heard of that. Uh, that sounds like I've never been a big fan of Jim Schwartz going back to his time. He's in just butt hurt. That's all. It Detroit is. and his weird handshake with Jim Harbaugh that one time. Do you it was remember like that? Really... They almost got into it after the game. Yeah. Yeah. He just held on. I to just it. never liked that guy. So every every time the, that Washington gets the chance to beat them and specifically him, I'm I'm. It's uh, it's like an added win. So, yeah, I would love to shut him up, and I hope that they, they all wear hats, and I hope that they point it out, too, afterwards. I, I don't get that. I think that's him trying to motivate his team, but I don't think that kind of rah-rah stuff works in the NFL. It just kind of no. makes you sound dumb. So I do have a lot at stake on this game because I did say last week that if uh, Taylor Heineke leads us to an NFC's championship, I'll get off Washington W tattoo. It's still technically possibly in the air. We think Alex will play, but... If, like, he gets hurt at halftime and Heineke comes in and just saves yeah. the day, like, it's going to happen. I'll add something else to it. For Washington, if we win this game, I will go buy an NFC East championship hat. I will get in my car and I will drive to Lincoln Financial Field. And I will stand outside and literally take a video of me with the hat on because we weren't allowed to. So, Washington, like if it. we win the game, I will literally drive, I think it's like five and a half hours, I don't care, to Philadelphia. Never even been to Philadelphia. Never been to Pennsylvania. You should, uh, and then you should leave it with Jim Schwartz's name on it. Oh. That would be the attic. I might have to buy two hats then. <laughs> I, can't, I can't just give away my only one. That's true. But I think we win this one. Um, and before we go, tomorrow we have some news that I've been kind of hinting at that we're going to drop 
something big for all of us. Not just me and Brian, there's some other people involved too, but I'm excited to share that with y'all. Brian, it's been a crazy season. Like we said, this might be the last game. Hopefully it's not. We still have to do a post-game pod, but how do you feel about so far this season and then what we have coming up for everybody? Yeah, I'm excited about it, man. It's been a lot of fun uh, jumping on with you and talking about the team that we both love. And um, it's been crazy, so, uh, you know, but we made it happen and, and, and no better way to uh, to finish that would be a division title. But I really, you know, speaking of this season, win or lose, I think coming into the year, it's more than I expected. I mean, I know losing three straight to end the season and not go to the playoffs would be kind of a gut punch, but coming into the year, I didn't expect them to be competing for the division title this year. And so it, it just speaks to what Ron Rivera has done, what Jason Wright has done for this team. And I'm really excited about the future. And I feel like it's sustainable. It's not just like this random one year that they're good. And then it goes back to absolute garbage. The I feel year like after. we're building towards something. Right, right. So I'm really excited about that as crazy as 2020 has been, um, that that has been a, a really big positive And I think it goes back to the, when I got the chance to talk to Julie Donaldson. Like, even the losses feel a little different. Even the losses are like, man, they were in that game. They had some opportunities. And that's, to me, the sign of a team that, like you said, is building something. And so I'm excited for that, and I'm excited for the future. So win or loss, I think uh, they're headed in the right direction. I love that Ron Rivera is our coach, and can't wait to see what he does uh, beyond this season. Absolutely, and there's a lot to look forward to. The draft, free agency, we're going to just keep talking about all of it. We're going to talk all things Washington football. And I will be going live on Twitter tomorrow night about like 8 o'clock. We'll see if Alabama wins or loses. I think they'll win, but if they lose, I might just skip this whole thing and postpone (laughs) it because I'll be depressed. But I think we'll kill Notre Dame. But anyways, follow us on Twitter at JoshTaylor21. That's at BMurf13, right? Did I get it? That's that's right. (sighs) Try to memorize it. I got it. So if you don't give us a follow, follow us already, then go do it. And like I said, I'll be live tomorrow to talk about this news. Brian, we'll I'll see you next year. Yeah, I, we might do a huh, – that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second to get it. We, I don't know if we'll do a post-game pod Sunday night. It depends how late it is, I'm sure. But if yeah, not, we'll do one Monday. Hope, I mean, I, if we win, we're going to be, like, too hype. We probably will just say screw it and do it anyways. But – Or or we'll just like put out a video of us going nuts. But anyways, regardless, we'll see y'all either Sunday night or sometime Monday. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube